welcome back to the T-Town Students Podcast. This is episode six, and ladies and gentlemen, y'all are in for a treat today. Uh, we're talking about dating, and um, listen, I know dating is a big topic, and we cannot possibly hope to cover all that there is to cover about it because one, we don't have the time, and two, we don't have the experience. Um, but today's episode is all about showing you how to date with the glory of God in mind, with honoring God in mind. And so today is just all about how we can use the Bible and use uh, what Jesus has taught us and use what the Bible says and use that for for dating and how to look at dating through a biblical lens. Um, and so today we have Jacob and Tori Myrick. They're going to walk us through that. They're going to walk us through what God did in their dating story with what God did in their lives. And so just join us today as we talk about dating and how uh, we can use it to uh, honor God and uh, seek Him in all that we do. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the T-Town Students Podcast. This is episode six, and guys, I am pumped about today's episode. We're talking about dating, which, you know, let me stop you right there, is a very hot topic. So it's a thing that you, that you can unpack forever. And so we're not gonna we're not gonna go through every single facet of dating today because that's just way too much to even try and cover. But what I have done is I've gotten Jacob and Tori Myrick here when they say, "Hey, guys." Hello. Hey. And so what we're going to do is talk to them about their dating story, which I have not heard yet, so I am going to hear it live with the rest of you. But from what I hear, it is a it is one for the ages, and it is a story of just of God working in a broken situation, working in working in um, in ways that are just crazy, from what I understand. And so um, I, I've, I've got them here with me today, and we're just going to talk about their experience with dating, and then they are going to help us. Um, just unpack some biblical ways to think about that and just ways that the that the scriptures can guide us on how to how to date well and how to date for um, one God's glory but two keeping keeping Jesus in mind as we do it and so Jake Mentori how are y'all we're doing really well doing good we're excited to be part of the podcast oh man I'm I'm glad to have y'all here Um, so question one I know I know again I have not heard this yet but I'm sure there's a lot of twists, turns, and details concerning your dating story, but in as much detail as you feel comfortable giving, mm-hmm. share with me some of your dating story. Yeah, so before we begin, we just want to make it clear that Jacob and I's story, um, it's how the Lord let our lives pan out, but for each person, it's different. And so for us, Jacob and I grew up together. We went to the same church from the time we were little. People ask us when we met, and the answer is, well, we didn't really meet. <laughs> we were just, he was just always kind of there. We just kind of always knew each other. Yeah. And so it hit about 10th grade, and that's when Jacob asked me to start dating him. I told him no because he couldn't drive. Yep, and that so that's a, honestly, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good answer. Five days after he started driving, he tried again, there and it I is. told him yes. <laughs> yep. So November twenty fifth, twenty fifteen. Yep. Jacob and Tori started dating. There it is. Um, and that continued on for a couple of years, and then um, as the years kind of went by, Jacob and I found ourselves really entangled in sin, and so just with how we thought about each other, how we thought about the Lord, how, you know, we acted, what we did, all of that, it was just not honoring to the Lord, but we didn't really realize how far and how bad it had gotten until 
senior year was the first time Jacob and I had gotten to, discipled by someone. And so through the process of having a godly mentor tell us what it looks like to love the Lord in your personal life, but then also what it looks like to love the Lord through your relationship, we realized that that was just not the case with us. And so through a lot of prayer and a lot of conviction and just a lot of um, heartbreak, that's kind of at the end of the summer, Jacob and I realized that this was not something that we could continue Mm -hmm. because I think that summer Jacob was saved. Mm -hmm. And then that summer, you know, the Lord just kind of, I think I was saved back in the seventh grade, but I just really felt very deep into sin. And oftentimes when you're in the middle of a situation like that, it's hard to see the other side of it. And so through the process of having someone who loved me and cared for me in that capacity as a mentor, learned that that's just not it. So we broke up, and then we spent a couple of months separated. Up in, freshman year. Yes, freshman year freshman of year college. college. Yes, yeah. let's, let's add that. It was at the end of our senior year we broke up, and then the first semester of our freshman year of college um, was really just spent what learning what it meant to enjoy the Lord, what it looked like to find contentment in Him, to build a relationship with Him, because... In high school and middle school, it's easy to base your relationship with Jesus off of your parents and your family Mm -hmm. and those around you, whereas when you go off, you kind of have to learn that for yourself. That's big. you got to own it. Yeah, and so that's kind of what those months looked like, and then Jacob's going to pick up in December. Yep, so at this point, I'd been a believer for a few months, so uh, that compounded a lot of the issues that we had when we dated the first time around is the fact that I wasn't a believer, but like Tori said, uh, picking right up where we left. So December, it was Christmas break. I came back from my first semester at Alabama and ran into Tori. December 16th, 2018. And I was like, (laughs) I knew something right away. I was like, something is different about her. I know something's different about me. I'm I'm a completely different person. So I texted her and I was like, I'm gonna put myself out there. We weren't talking and interacting in person at church at this point because it was still awkward with the breakup and uh, our friend group was intermingled Mm -hmm. so it was just it was still a strange time I think for both of us just a tad dicey so I decided to reach out and say hey can we get together just to talk about everything that's been going on to catch up and I knew right away that Tori was someone that I wanted to know so I sent her a text I went way back in the archives into my phone (laughs) and Two, two years ago, when we were still dating, I asked her if she'd go running with me one summer, and she said yes. So I went all the way back. This is 2016. Went all the way back to 2016 in my messages, oh, yeah. took a screenshot, and sent it to her and was like, hey, you still want to go running. <gasps> so wow. then we went running, and it was a great slash terrible time. That's pretty genius for real. <laughs> but we knew from that point on that we were like, that we wanted to keep interacting with each other. We wanted to keep talking. I knew something was different about her. And as we did that, I started to realize that she loved the Lord. She loved the Lord more than she loved and cared for me. She loved the Lord more than she loved herself. I knew I loved the Lord more than I loved myself. We were both seeking after him with all that we had. And at that point, it was like, all right, this is a woman that I I want to be with. Yeah. But we spent a long time being very cautious about it because we didn't want to jump right back in to dating and especially with everything that had just happened. I didn't want to hurt her again. She didn't want to hurt me again. So we spent the next semester, we'd come visit each other in Montgomery, uh, both of us being from there, but we would uh, continue to text, continue to talk. 
and uh, really pray a lot through it. I should have prayed more than I did in that time. I was still a young believer, but I knew I knew that I loved the Lord and that this woman was going to be crucial and part of it and something was just pulling me towards her. So long story short, then we get to May. So this was the end of our freshman year. And at that point, we were both coming back to Montgomery and I knew my college pastor was talking about stepping out in faith. Mm. Uh, you know, don't just lead a girl on, but take ownership of it. So I was like, it's time to define the relationship. There it is. So <laughs> there it is. Uh, May, um, May 2018 at this point, or no, it's 2019. May 2019 at this point, the end of freshman year, we started dating. So I went May up. May 8th. May 8th. Asked her to be you my got girlfriend. Dates now, man, I love it. It's easy because we got married the day after. We got married on May 9th. So. Um, Wait, what? A year later. A oh. year later, yeah. We didn't get married the next day. <laughs> I was like, what in the no, world? No, we still, we still have a little bit to go. We still have a little bit to go. I was like, what? So we started but wrapping dating. it up, we started dating in, in May. Mm-hmm. We dated, and two weeks into our dating, she went on a two-month mission trip to Mexico City with uh, the IMB, mm-hmm. and then I uh, started interning at Eastern Hills Baptist Church uh, and helped out with their youth group and was under Scooter Kellum there, uh, the shout youth out. minister. Yeah, shout out to Scooter. <laughs> so that's that's where we were at at this point, and the Lord really used that time, that season of us being apart and serving the Lord to realize, uh, make us both realize that we wanted to serve the Lord together mm-hmm. and that we wanted to do that more permanently. So then we began to think a little bit about what would it look like to, for us to get married. I knew in my heart right away that Tori was the girl I was going to marry at this point. It was just, are we marrying when we graduate college or before? So we then waited to have that conversation until she got back from Mexico. She came back. We had the conversation before we went off to fall. So we spent a lot of time long distance. The Lord used that to make us love each other more. The Lord used a serving our churches and our communities and her on the mission field uh, serving uh, the missionaries there and the local church there to reassure us that we wanted to do that together Mm -hmm. and and wanted to do it as one and that's only done in a marriage so we looked at is it possible and then because of the Lord opening more doors and being faithful to us it was possible and ultimately that led us to get engaged that October so we only dated for about six months after we started dating the second time and then we got engaged and then married it shortly after that but we don't need to talk about engagement because we're here to talk about dating so <laughs> that long story a short whole different conversation that is that is our story condensed down to like seven minutes yeah, so it's bare bones still that is yeah. bare bones we could go into a lot of it but a lot of this will probably unpack some of that too sure mm-hmm. now did your story so like from what i've from what i gather like it was uh, a lot of the a lot of the work was done by being apart from each other. Did that aspect of your story, or just your story in general, help you to view dating kind of in a different light? Because a lot of times, the way that I look at this is like, or the way that I hear it said is like, you have to be doing everything together. You have to be together all the time. Like y'all's story kind of happened apart from each other. Like y'all's story happened separately, and mm-hmm. the Lord was able to bring you back together because that because He was doing the work in your in your lives individually. Did that kind of allow you to view dating in a different light? Like, how do you view dating now that you've experienced this particular story? All right, so that, I listened, Tori and I, when we first got married, listened to this podcast by um, Paul Washer, and he was preaching a sermon while marrying to a church planner and, and his future wife. So he was marrying them, and he said this, he said, When you're long distance, it's really easy to love the other person because it's easy to love things that are far away. Mm. And he began to talk and go through examples of like people love the idea of having a dog, 
but then you get a dog and you're like, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. Or um, he talked about the mission field where yeah. he was like, you love the idea of like, I love these people, but then you get there and you realize they're sinners too. And then all of a sudden you have all these conflicts. And so thinking about that, we were like, well, we were long distance. We loved each other a lot. Did that mislead us? I and say, I think yeah. the answer was no for both of us. I think the Lord strategically, and the Lord knew what he was doing and orchestrating our story, that we had that period of spending time apart and serving separately to allow our hearts to grow towards one another in love. I tell other guys who ask me all the time, hey, when did you know you were ready to marry Tori? And I think it was that summer, that summer of being apart. The Lord really grew my love for her in such a way that it was like, yeah, I want her to be near me. I want her to serve. And then I knew that I wanted to cherish and honor her. That was something I didn't do the first time around. And so all these desires that Lord was the Lord was placing in my heart that were biblical, not just desires that I felt on my own, mm-hmm. but bi- biblical desires that were placed in my heart that allowed me to realize this is the woman that I want to marry. And this is the woman that the Lord is leading me to marry. So I think the Lord used it strategically and didn't. it did not mislead us. Mm-hmm. So I think it helped, in my opinion. Um, what do you got, Tori? You think anything? I agree. I agree with everything that he said. I think that our story as a whole, I think that the Lord really has allowed us to use it well because of the two different platforms that we have. We do have the understanding of what it looked like to date when you were in an ungodly relationship where respect is little, (laughs) sin is a lot. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of that, seeing what it looks like to walk in grace, to, to be motivated and pushed by the love of the Lord, which then allows you to love someone else. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, like, the gravity of dating is now seen. You know, there are long-term implications. Even just a casual date with someone, that's something that you'll remember, you know? And then dating is a commitment in some capacity, you know? Like, that's something that you'll wear with you for the rest of the time. So I think Jacob was spot on with what he said about, you know, being far apart and then being together and how the Lord allowed that to be the way that it was, especially now, just seeing like on this side of things, how being married, how those desires have started to be fulfilled through through where we're at now. But then too, in ministering to other people, you know, we have the vantage point of this is what it looked like then versus this is what it looks like when you actually love the Lord and grace is present. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, something that you said where it's, you realize that the desire for her, the desire to be together, was a was a biblical, God given desire. Mm-hmm. How did you filter through that process? Because like a lot of times when it comes to this, like you may ask yourself, like, is this my desire or is this God's desire? Like, how did one or both of you like filter through that process? Like, how did you come to the conclusion that this, that like this is where God wants us to be? Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I was still a very young believer, so I didn't know a ton about studying the Word, but I was being discipled by guys that knew a lot. So the biggest thing for me was seeking godly counsel. So asking other men, is this right uh, to feel this way about her? Is this a godly desire? And trusting on their opinions. So the pastor that married us, Pastor Josh Wooden, another shout out, he uh, would walk me through a lot of these things of like, 
is it just is it the same feeling you get whenever a good meal is placed in front of you and not just relying on that but him going through scripture and saying okay this is the desire that um, they had this is how um, Isaac found Rebecca this is how um, uh, this is how Solomon loved his wife like uh, in songs of Solomon but anyway so long story short ask godly counsel and then allow them to lead me at that point in my life if I had been more apt to studying the word, then I would have looked in there on my own. But at this point, I think I would have been lost doing that. So sure. especially for someone in the youth, maybe that doesn't know a ton about the word, they need to seek someone that does and learn how to, but really seek their guidance and their counsel. So that's the biggest thing for me. And I think remembering to be faithful with the platform that the Lord's given you. And so what I, what I mean by that is, you know, seeking godly counsel, but also remembering that in filtering out the process, I'm trying to figure out how to word this well. Um, you, you can't just hope for a steak when you are not. Yeah. So what I mean by that is you, if you're looking for a good, godly partner, you need to be persistent and faithful in studying your scripture and praying to the mm-hmm. Lord yeah. and finding that and not just having that expectation of someone else. And so, you know, I had that affirmation that Jacob was doing those things mm-hmm. and then, you know, I had to be accountable to the people that I was, but in that process, yep. and he and I also had a lot of conversations about it. So this wasn't just something that we kind of decided one day, this might be a good idea. But rather, like, he and I had very hard, long conversations through the dating process because we knew the gravity of it after experiencing it the first time Mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. And so being intentional to ask the questions of, like, you know, are you spending time with the Lord? Like, what are your plans for the future? Like, are you willing to give up everything for Him? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to live the rest of your life for the sake of the mission? And then through that, asking those pointed questions Mm -hmm through the help and the help, like through the process of being discipled by someone else, but also talking to each other about that, you'll find, you know, pretty soon in if they're a genuine believer or a churchgoer. And there's a big difference between the two. Mm-hmm. I th- that's, that's big. Like, because this, this is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And this is, it, this is two people, two imperfect people coming mm-hmm. together under the, right. under the covenant of, of a perfect God and like, you can't expect them to get you to a place that you feel like you should be at. Or like you can't expect them to like do the the heavy lifting for you. Basically, like you have to be you have to be seeking the Lord intentionally on your own. Is kind of what yeah. I'm, is is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's big. Um, I think uh, um, I can't remember who said it, but at a conference complete shout out. <laughs> Someone once said that, and this was in the context of when, but I think it can be true. You know, but you need to be running so hard after the Lord that the person has to be at a sprint to keep up. Mm. And so, you know, you have to be earnestly seeking, earnestly praying, earnestly reading your scripture. And then, you know, you'll attract someone like that. The way that I've heard it said is that when you are running after God as hard as you can with that being your sole focus somebody will come alongside you running that yeah. same running that same I mean maybe somebody will 
maybe somebody won't. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed too, is like this isn't a guaranteed thing. But if it's what the Lord has for your life, then someone is going to come alongside you with the same goals and the same mindset of seeking the Lord that you do. And then you'll run together towards Him. Mm-hmm. That's the way that I've heard it before. Um, and that's that's big. Having, having that having that sole focus of seeking Jesus first and foremost. That's good. Yeah. So what do you think is the most underst- or the most misunderstood aspect of dating in today's culture? I think there are so many. Yeah. So yeah. many. <laughs> it's and gotten I, it's gotten jacked up. And honestly, we couldn't think of just one, so we just have a list. There you go. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm all yeah. for it. Um so I think the definition of dating changes from person to person that you ask. For yeah. some people, it can be a super casual, let's go to dinner. It can be, you know, talking. Like there's a different, oh there's there's talking, there's going out to dinner, there's yeah. long-term dating, there's dating once or twice. So like there are t- so many different definitions that I think that can make it confusing. Mm-hmm. And I think that another thing is that people think, or, or society thinks that your partner will satisfy what you're looking for. So, like, for example, mm-hmm. I can't wait to have a partner so that I have someone to talk to. Yeah, let's unpack this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this I, is a big one. I can't wait to be in a relationship so I can be less lonely. Oh, man. I need someone to fill X, Y, Z. Like, help me with my homework. Give me presents. Feed me. Like, you know, like all these things that people think they can find in a partner when in reality, no person will ever fill you. Like, Jacob is awesome. Y'all, I wish I could just sit here and talk about how great he is, but I won't. Hey, there you go. Yes, obviously, obviously the Lord first, (laughs) but, but, but Jacob is awesome. But as awesome as Jacob is... He will never satisfy all of my needs or desires. Come on now. That's right. And I love him a lot, but that doesn't mean that I can love him first. Mm. And so in anything that we're doing, you know, we have to keep in mind that you're with someone that is also a sinner. And so Jacob's great. He won't fulfill my desires. And Mm. I think that's a, a misconception that people have about a partner. And that's because everything you have found in him, you have already found more completely and more perfectly in Jesus. Exactly. Right? And, and, and even more. And, mo- and more. And right. things that, like the Lord, even things that I don't even realize I need in the moment, like the Lord ministers to us and cares for us and loves us more so because he knows every part of us. He knows our thoughts. He knows our desires, our, our heart. The, the best, he knows it more than we know it sometimes. Yeah. And so Jacob's great, but he can't read my mind. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like to think that he can, <laughs> but he can't. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, so going with all these, like, definitions of dating that people have, we did our best to try to think of, like, what's, what's a standard one we can give, and it's just a relationship between a man and a woman with the intent, ultimately, for marriage. So mm-hmm. you're, it's a man and a woman coming together, and they are testing each other's character. They're seeing... Is this, is this per, can this person possibly be a future spouse, mm-hmm. um, according to the to the word, godly counsel, and all of that? Um, but that's a lot to unpack there. For the misunderstood aspect of dating, this is a big one that I think, especially in college life, but also it can happen in youth. Is don't act like you're married when you aren't. Oh, let's go. 
So the love between a man and a woman is ultimately fulfilled in a marriage, not in dating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really, that's a lot to unpack there. But what happens in dating a lot of times is people entangle themselves with someone beyond the point that they were meant to entangle themselves with. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me say that more clearly. They entangle themselves to the point where you're only supposed to be so close with that person that y'all should be married, but you're not. Yeah. So we're which constantly... Is, which is yeah. interesting because, sorry to cut you off, like no, the Bible no. does not define the dating stage. Yeah. You are a brother and sister in Christ or husband and wife in Christ. There is no right. in between as far as the Bible is concerned. Right. The thing with dating, too, is that it's relatively a new concept within yeah. the last couple of centuries. Mm-hmm. Like you started with, you know, back... Like there was a courtship and then courtship kind of transitioned in the 1900s to dating yeah. because of like, you know, cultural society things. So it used to be in front of like your family and in the home. Then it moved to more outside and public and then it moved to like privacy. And so dating as we know it now, it, it, it has changed significantly. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times people that are dating will act as though that they are married. They do have to do every single thing together. They are treating each other and putting the pressure of a marriage on one another in a relationship that's not meant to hold that. Um, They're dating for too long of a period, um, which we'll talk about, I guess, a little bit later um, about the the length of of dating. And we dated for a long time and for a short time, and so we know what both of those are like. But essentially, without unpacking it any further, that's that. So the other point is dating without a purpose. Right, so That's big. dating to have fun, dating to uh, get to know people, dating because it's the cool thing to do. Or because you're bored. Because you're bored, right. <laughs> <laughs> dating without a purpose. Dating is meant to be, uh, uh, in the way that we look at it, in the way that we think that the Bible addresses it. Um, there's not a clear, clear this is what dating is, but from biblical principles we see that it is. there's a purpose behind it, and it's ultimately to see if this is a person that I can marry. Yeah, because whether or not you look at it like this, here's what's happening. Like when you start dating like for fun or dating because you're bored or dating because of any of the things you just talked about, Tori, what you're doing is messing with people's emotions mm-hmm. and you're messing with something deep, deep, deep inside of them. And when that goes wrong, there's a lot of pain that's associated with that, not only for them, but for you. Oh, yeah. And like when there is no purpose in that, when there is no vision in that, I think there, I could not tell you where this verse is, but like a verse that Ben Stewart talks about a lot in his dating gospel single dating engaged married like where there's no vision the people perish Mm -hmm. and like where there's no purpose in this like it's going to lead to catastrophe more often than not so that's that is big dating with a purpose and dating with the intent you know know, it only ideally it works one time right but dating with the intent of marriage right i remember when we started dating the second time we looked at each other and we were like if we don't if this doesn't work out, then hopefully we will have dated in such a way that will make us a better spouse for the person that we will for marry one day. Yeah. And we had to have that mindset as well. Um, mm-hmm. But ideally, it works one time. That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, the Bible doesn't offer a step-by-step guide mm-hmm. on how to date. But either using Scripture or using just some of the stories that you leaned on or some of the stories that your, that your disciples took you to, Um, What is some practical biblical advice that you can give concerning dating? So first and foremost, establish your identity. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I struggled with personally in getting into a relationship is that um, if you're a Christ follower or believer, 
you need to understand who you are in him before even thinking about being with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so foundational. And so in that you recognize that true contentment and satisfaction comes from God alone. And so even before getting into a relationship, you can understand that this person is not going to you know, fill every single hole that I have. Um, this is a sinner, but you know, this could potentially be a life partner and ministry partner for me for the rest of my life. But you need to establish your identity. And remember that you can't let someone else's perception of who they want you to be blind you from what God has said you are. And so what I mean by that is in a dating relationship, I found that I could get to this mindset where how I thought Jacob perceived me that day is what I was. And so what I mean by that is if my expectation of how much Jacob talked to me that day wasn't what was, you know, the reality because he was busy, you know, I would think this about myself or this. When in reality, remember that God has said through Scripture who we are if we are His. Mm. You know, in Romans, He talks, Romans 8.38, He talks about how we are loved. In Ephesians 1, 4, it talks about how we are chosen. And then in John eleven forty four, like we're free. And so all of those things and going into a relationship, we need to remember that. And then we also need to have an understanding of what it means to be a woman and a man as stated by scripture. And so it's called biblical womanhood and biblical manhood. Mm-hmm. Um, we really recommend that you look that up. For women, you know, you have Proverbs 31 to analyze. You can analyze for both genders. You can analyze the character of Christ and then, you know, look through Galatians and what fruits of the Spirit believers are to um, put off because all of those things, you know, need to be present in going into a dating relationship. Yeah, yeah. And that's the most foundational thing. Um, I remember my youth minister when we started dating, or our youth minister, Mark McClendon. It was 10th grade. I was about to ask Tori out on a date, and Mark looked at me and said, you could end up starting some really bad habits that could produce uh, produce a lot of sin and that could uh, hurt both of you significantly. And I remember thinking, this crazy old man, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Who is this guy <laughs> uh, telling me all this stuff? I'm 16. I know what I'm doing. And so <laughs> we started dating, and I didn't realize he was so right yeah. because— <laughs> For uh, uh, the woman side of things, really, their identity can get really entangled into it. And for the guy, you will almost certainly mislead, manipulate, and ultimately cause harm to the person that you're dating if you don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you will allow sin to come and seep through the relationship. You will not lead in the way that you're supposed to because um, you don't know how to love someone because you don't know Christ. But getting out of that. The last thing that we want to talk about here um, is don't date unless you're ready to be married. Um, and so with that, we've got, uh, we, we, time can lead to serious sin. And so whenever you're dating for a really, really long period of time, which is more and more common, like that we see, we see Uh, We know people that have dated for five, six, ten years. We dated for a long time. When we dated for a long time, we allowed sexual temptation to creep in more and more until it became too difficult to resist. Whereas when we dated for a short amount of time, we knew the goal, we knew the intent of our dating, and so we didn't 
allow that sin to creep in. And so we had our guard up and we were prepared for it. And so dating for a long length of time um, is going to allow sin to seep in in ways that you don't want it to. We talked earlier about how you can treat dating as though it is marriage and allow yourself to become entangled with the other person. A lot of time with the other person can lead to that. Mm-hmm. We don't want to say be uncareful in dating and just you know date someone and then marry them. You need to test their character. That's the point of dating. Yeah. But you also need to trust in the Lord and have faith and understand the seriousness of sin. Right? Understand how serious, how detrimental it is to yourself to your relationship with the Lord and be willing to flee from sin at all cost. So for Tori and I, we would rather struggle and figure out how to be married in college than allow sin to seep in and allow us to, to harm ourselves and our relationship with the Lord because we're living in sin and we're not able to serve him. We'd much rather be uh, married. So that's why we dated for a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's really another thing that that we think so the way i've heard it said is is date for as short as you can but but as long as you need Mm -hmm. and since it's a process of evaluation that shouldn't take you know a billion years to figure that out right yeah like i think uh, this might be ben stewart who said this i'm not sure but he said kind of like what you were talking about jacob he said if, if, if you're not ready to get married in the next six months don't start dating Right. And that's not like, you know, like, you, like you've like you got a house ready to go or like you've got, you know, all, all these things lined up that are ready to go. But I think what he's talking about is is your mindset at the place where is your is your emotional maturity at the place where you can get married in the next six months. And I think a lot of that, like y'all been saying, happens mm-hmm. individually. It happens in the soil, in, in the garden of your own life. Mm-hmm. Right. That happens in in actively seeking Jesus first. And like you were saying, um, Jacob, as far as dating without knowing Christ, I think the reason that that's so important, so powerful, and so so needed is because you can't love somebody well the way that we're called to love somebody if we're not attached to the one who loves us best, if we're not actively seeking the one who shows right. us how to love others best exactly. and who tells us how to do it, shows us how to do it. Mm-hmm. And since marriage is ultimately meant to be a picture of Christ in the church, how can you approach it like that if you're not thinking about Christ in the church? And your focus isn't on Jesus, and so right. I think that's what that's what Jacob is getting at is like, how can we hope to love somebody the way we're supposed to if we are not attached firmly to the one who loves us best and who can love us best? Right. Exactly. Mm. I think Jacob had a um, list of questions too that he thought up, but I thought was really interesting. He oh. should share. Yeah, th- just thinking more through. Uh, biblical advice for dating for someone that's looking to date someone this these questions can even apply and someone that is in that is currently dating these can apply to ask are they a person of character so what's their character like do they increase or decrease the number of ministry opportunities in your life so are you able to serve the Lord more or less um, if you were to date them or if you are dating them Mm. do they lead you closer to sin or further away does the community rejoice in that relationship? Are you seeking those who are discipling you, those who are around you? Are they saying that, well, this is a good thing or this is going to be detrimental to your soul? And is their identity, most importantly, found in Christ? And if you can answer those five questions well and you can sit there and say, yes, they're a person of character. They increase my ministry opportunities. They lead me further away from sin. My community rejoices and their identity is found in Christ. Then that is the person that you want to consider dating um, or it's a person that you want to con- continue dating and ultimately move move on further with 
of course, we're all sinners, so you can't, no one's perfect. You can't expect them to be perfect, but these are good questions to go through and just think, especially with biblical advice for dating of, can I, can I answer these? That's big. That's good. So, moving on to the next question. Um, we've talked a bit about how y'all sought the Lord during your dating story, but the, what I really want to focus on here, because like emotional pain at least in my experience, can blind us to a lot of things. Um, it can it can kind of cloud your judgment on several different uh, facets of life while you're experiencing it. So how did y'all stay grounded in the Lord during that season of emotional turmoil? It's like, how, how, how are you able to continue seeking the Lord even while your heart was hurting or while you were just confused of what was going on? Like, how were you able to seek the Lord and stay grounded in Him in that season? I think that this can apply to someone who's looking for a partner, who's in a season of emotional turmoil, the, the thing that was the most important and the most pivotal was to make the Lord a priority. Mm. So spend time with him. You know, to be quite candid here, when Jacob and I broke up and we were in that season of not talking to each other, mm-hmm. you know, that it was, it was normal for us to spend time together and to hang out. And so since that was gone, you know, there are two options. Fill it with something someone else or fill it with something else and so during that time I can remember nights in my college dorm room just journaling my prayers out (laughs) which not every I'm not saying that's the end all be all but just remembering that you know the Lord in whatever season you're in is the best companion you can ever have that's big Mm -hmm. in his word he speaks to us he allows us to know his heart and to know, you know, that he loves us and cares for us. And that is first and foremost, the most important thing is to know him well. And so while going through that emotional pain, that was truthfully one of my favorite seasons that I can look back on just because of how much I spent just before the Lord because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. For me, I was really young in my faith. So I was a believer for about a month uh, while I was in Montgomery, in Montgomery still. And so being poured in by my youth minister, he took me up to Alabama to look for churches and helped me out with a lot. And so then I got to Alabama and the two biggest things for me was I sought Christ and I sought a community of people that were doing the same and I had to hold on to those things. It was a very painful experience being broken up with with Tori and being away from like everything that made us comfortable uh, or and made me comfortable. So during that time of emotional pain, I had to seek those two things. And then when we started dating, um, again, we just had to, or like that phase of where we were thinking about dating, we had to trust God and his faithfulness yeah. that he would restore, restore and, and work on our hearts as we uh, were trying to figure out if we were going to date. So That becomes one of those situations where do you really trust him when he says, I work all things for the good of those who love me? Yeah. And I think this is something that, that the, Lord, the Lord's been teaching me over the last, uh, I'd say, year or so. Is like He allows, I mean, the, there's multiple reasons for why he would allow suffering. Mm-hmm. But I think one of them that stays pretty consistent across the board is that suffering forces us to draw near to him. Now, we can choose not to do that, but I think that suffering gets us to a place where we are forced to really live the way that we should be living all the time, but suffering kind of makes us do it even more in drawing close to Him with that being our sole focus and intention. And I think suffering 
is especially equipped to get us to that place. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of suffering, but <laughs> I, I think that's the case for everybody on this earth. But I think, you know, while it is no good in the moment, because and the the Bible speaks to that. No one no one enjoys discipline in the moment, but it it, it cultivates character in them, and it allows them to draw nearer to the Lord than they would have ever been had suffering not been introduced. Right. Yep. So, another thing that I heard one time from Ben Stewart, who is a big influence on how I view dating nowadays. Um, <laughs> Single Dating Engaged Married, you should go read it. It's by Ben Stewart. It's amazing. Um, a sermon that he was preaching, this is a few months ago, this is not related to that book, but something that he said in that book, not the book, the sermon, he said, the complexity of God's moves result in greater glory for him. What he means by that is that the, the, the crazier the route that God takes you on, the more that road winds. Because, you know, the way we want life to function is a straight line. You start at point A, point B is directly in front of you, and, and you just start walking. That's not the way God ever functions. He takes you to point A, then you go over here to the left, then you go to the right, then you go down, then you go up. And, like, it's a winding road. And so what he means by that is, like, the crazier that road is, the more glory that God gets at the end of it. And so my question is this. Now that you're married and you can look back on this season of twists and turns and windy roads, what are some of the benefits that you see from that season of God taking you through that? Yeah, this is a wonderful question. I think it it really makes me think of the broader picture of things, of God seeking his his glory in our story. And the fact is, is bars, man. We can bars. We see <laughs> we see all throughout scripture God using sinful people for his purposes so that he may be glorified and men may not boast. And so we see in our lives God took two sinners, <laughs> me who was all about some sin. And so <laughs> uh, he took two That's sinners. That's a quote from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he took us, transformed our lives. Um, through the windy roads of dating, the the toxic relationship to the interactions with other believers that we were able to have to the point of uh, me being saved to um, being discipled by others, the uh, him providing and being faithful through our considering dating again, him being uh, faithful and then uh, stirring our hearts and affection for one another when we started dating to engagement to uh, him being faithful through that season and getting married. God took two sinners, two people who <laughs> no one would have thought would have made it. Um, even myself in high school, I was like, I never want to be married. This is terrible. And so in high school, <laughs> is this school, what love is? <laughs> God, God brought us to a point where we are in total submission to him and so we are now both feel very deeply called to ministry and so it's we're going to serve the lord wherever we go so he took two people that should not have been chosen um, entangled with sin and then restored us redeemed us and brought us together in his way and then now we're able to serve him and uh, and we're going to trust his faithfulness as he leads us to do that so the bigger picture of things um, that's what he's done. Preach to us, Jacob. <laughs> and two, I think one of the, obviously that's all a benefit is to be able to look at that. But then mm-hmm. f- furthering on that point, the tangible evidence that God had given us of his faithfulness allows us to look back on how he brought us here and share that with other people. Mm-hmm. And so we we had a crazy dating story from the beginning to where we're at now 
and there was a lot of pain, there was a lot of hurting, there was a lot of joy, a lot of peace. And in all of that, we've gotten to have opportunities to walk alongside individuals that are also thinking about how to date and tell them, this is what we did that we really wish we didn't. Or this is what we did that the Lord really allowed us to see his faithfulness in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the reason why we're here recording this podcast with you isn't because we just want to talk about ourselves, but because... You know, we know what it's like to be deep in sin. We know what it's like to to see, you know, where we're at and thinking that it's okay when in reality we are further from where the Lord wants us to be. And so we want to share our personal brokenness and how the Lord's redeemed us because He can do that, mm-hmm. and He has done that. And more so to give Him glory through everything that we've said here, because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Because there's, like Jacob said, there's absolutely no way that anything would have worked out. Now we haven't. There's a lot more that we could talk about <laughs> about how the Lord's been faithful with getting to so Tuscaloosa, yeah. staying in Tuscaloosa, the after Tuscaloosa. You know, it just it just continues on. But just the major benefit is how our testimonies are now able to minister to other people, and that we can see His faithfulness and share it. Mm-hmm. And see, that, that what you just said, brings Scripture to life, where Paul says, I boast all the more my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. He says that, um, this is the Lord speaking to him, my grace is made perfect. No, my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is, is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. Y'all's story brings that to life. Like, mm-hmm. you're able to, to, to tell the story of how you were broken, how you were, uh, like you said, Jacob, so so eloquently, loving on some sin. <laughs> you're able to take that story, and you're able to show off the goodness of God in that. And so to any student or parent, whoever's listening to this, let that be a reminder for you, Like, And we're not done. I still have one more question to, to ask them, but let that be a reminder for you. Like, Regardless of where you're at, it, it does not matter. The Lord can, A, meet you there, and B, be faithful in that story. Right. And be faithful to do whatever it is that he's going to do. And like, if you were the, the, the last Wednesday Night Live, something that that the Lord the, the, the Lord laid on my heart to talk about was before Jesus rose from the dead, they tried to put two guards in front in front of that tomb, but they realized that they could do nothing to stop the power of Jesus. Jesus rose from that tomb anyway, regardless of what human efforts were done to stop that. And so, regardless of how our stories are playing out, regardless of what is going on. The Lord can and will be faithful in the midst of that. And y'all's story is just one example of that. Mm-hmm. There's millions more. This is just one. Billions. Right. Yeah. We're we're not like super special people. We're just people that, that the Lord has used. We cannot boast in ourselves in any way. No. Uh, the Lord's been so faithful to us. And yeah. so, you know. It's a story of his yeah. his power and his goodness in, in the midst of a situation that by all earthly standards is broken. But he still showed off his goodness in that, um, and he will continue to do that um, for the rest of our days. Um, so the last question, um, what is something you would say to someone who is, one, in a relationship, or two, longing for one? Well, if you're in a relationship or longing for one, I would encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit, be sensitive to what he would have you to do. 
You know, if you're in a sinful relationship, flee. You know, don't look back and take time to focus. You know, you need to look back and take time to focus on your relationship with the Lord first and foremost. You know, if you're in a relationship and you feel like it's a God-honoring one, then stand firm. You know, honoring the life of purity God's called us to is worth it every single time. On this side of things, I can tell you that the relationship and the commitment and just the covenant you make through marriage is way better, so much better than anything you can do in dating. So wait for it. And then, funny that that's how God designed it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's funny that that's how it is. funny that that's how that works. And then if you're longing for one, I would encourage you to be patient and wait on the Lord. It's not fun mm-hmm. or easy, but if we are faithful to pursue Him and we love Him with all that we have, we're not guaranteed a relationship here. But... If he is our focus and our treasure, then he will satisfy us first. And that's for anyone that the satisfaction he brings will be better than any partner. And that's hard to hear, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. My answer is not quite as eloquent as eloquent as Tori's, but my this is a heartbeat for both of us, I think, is, is for that someone, if you're thinking about dating or if you are in a relationship, Um, seek the Lord learn to study his word learn to pray devote your time to knowing him most fully and so we can fill our time with a lot of things especially it's it's a very big deal within the youth group of you need to know how to study the word how to pray and and how to have a relationship with the the creator of the universe who saved you who's redeemed you and if you don't know how to do that then you really have no business of trying to get into a relationship with someone. Um, another thing that comes to mind that, that I've thought about often is uh, when you're single, dating, engaged, um, right? The, that phase of life is kind of like training for a marathon. And so you're training, you're working hard, you are uh, uh, abstaining from sexual immorality, you are learning to study the word, you are cultivating a relationship with the Lord, um, which that continues through life, but you are building quali- qualities in your life in that time that will make you hopefully a suitable um, uh, spouse, right? So just in the realm of dating here, we're talking about this run of marathon, um, running a marathon. When you're married, that is the running of the marathon. So it's the harder you train, the more fun the running is, but the, the worse you train, then it can be a miserable experience to run that <laughs> marathon. And so uh, whenever you are seeking after the Lord, learning to pray, devoting your time to knowing Him, that will set you on a right track for dating. Ultimately, it's going to significantly help your soul and, you, and your pursuit of Him, which is uh, the most important and most significant thing we can do in our lives. Um, but it will also help build those qualities um, that are going to make marriage a God-glorifying um, experience. That's huge. And something that, I, that, that I'll add to that. Um, this is something that I said on the last podcast episode. If you haven't listened to the one about quiet times, we unpack this more there. But um, spending time with the Lord and coming to know Him more cannot just happen on Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. That cannot just happen when you're inside the walls of the church. That happens every day when you choose to open his word, when you, when you choose to commune with him through prayer, when you choose to seek him every day. And the, the great part about that is that you can. 
because of Jesus, we can have a, a, a relationship with God, with the creator of the universe. We can do that. And so that, that, that comes from intentionally choosing to do that every single day. And then, like you were saying, Jacob, that, that cultivates that character in you. That trains you to be, able to, to be able to bestow that same love that you've been given by Jesus onto somebody else. Not as perfectly as he can, because only he can love us perfectly. Right. Right. But it, it, enabled, it enables us to be an image bearer. It enables us to be that representative of Christ that we're called to be. The Bible says, be imitators of Christ as dearly loved children. And that includes how we love other people. Um, and that, like we like we said, comes from um, doing that work and, and and intentionally seeking after the Lord in your own personal life. Um, I think that, that that about does it for the questions that I had. Um, again, we, you know, as far as dating is concerned, this barely scratched the scratched the surface. I'm aware of that. Um, there's only so much you can do in uh, in a you know hour long time span of dating, but. Um, I cannot thank the Myricks enough for stopping by today. Thank y'all for for stopping by and for um, sharing your story. Is there is there anything that either I didn't ask or just things that y'all are wanting to make sure is said to anybody listening? I would just say, remember that there's not a cookie cutter way that your story is supposed to be. Come on. And so, if the Lord allows you to meet your partner when you are younger and y'all connect later on in life and then that's how you you know find your spouse or if you find him in college or you know even if you don't find like the Lord allows you to to live the life of singleness whatever it might be your journey that the Lord allows you to do and he gifts you with is your personal thing and so I just want to encourage y'all that regardless of where you're at that the Lord knows you and he loves you and he cares for you and that we harped on a lot because that's what matters Yeah. Yep. and so find someone to talk to about that an adult that you trust because you know that's where life happens is, is with people Yeah. run the race that you have been called to run and let the details work out how God will work them out exactly that's big Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, thank you. Thank you all for yep. coming and, and talking to us today. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Um, episode six of the T-Town Students Podcast is about dating with the Myricks. Um, and uh, maybe we, maybe they'll come back for more. Um, we'll see what, what ends up happening. But uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I hope you were blessed. I hope you learned. Uh, I hope you took something away from this and something that I want to just echo that we talked about on the on the episode itself, something I want to just echo from that is that each person's story is going to be different. Uh, just because Jacob and Tori's story happened this way does not mean that it's going to be the same thing for all people across the board. Uh, each person's story is different. What you were called to do is run the race that God has called you to run. And when you do that with him being the sole focus of your life, with him being the sole desire of your heart, with him being the thing you are most in tune to, with him being the thing you are intensely focused on, all the other details will work itself out, including your spouse, including who you are meant to be with. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. That same rule applies for dating. And so I just want to encourage you guys to seek the Lord in all that you do. Seek him every day and the details work themselves out. And I 
hope you guys were blessed by this podcast today. I hope you learned something, and we'll see you guys next time on the T-Town Students Podcast.